welcome to Better Than Mario Bros. For each episode, we delve deep into the cinema sewer. I am Chris Bolton. With me, as always, my partners in podcasting, Mr. Mark Williams. Hello. And Miss Helen McIntyre. All right. And it is our second spooky special of the season. Listeners, try saying that ten times fast. Spooky special nice. of the season. <laughs> So, for those of you that regularly listen to the network, you may have picked up already that this year's theme is creepy clowns. It's creepy clown time, everybody. Is there any other kind? Uh, Absolutely not. Um, Or at least, I'd like to think that our theme was creepy clowns. (laughs) It started Um, off so well, didn't it? It did. the intention was there. Yeah, so, you know, we found Ginger Clown on Amazon Prime. Ticked all the boxes immediately. It's about a clown. He's ginger. It's everything we hate. So why don't we just go for it? Um, and then this one wasn't really what we thought it was, was it? Guys? No, it wasn't really as advertised, was it? No. I, I mean, we we mentioned Ron Seal films a lot, you know, on, yeah. on this show. We all, we all like a Ron Seal film. And, and I thought this ticked all of those Ron Seal boxes for me. A title like Ginger Clown, you're expecting this film to absolutely deliver. And you only want it to deliver one thing. It needs to be a clown. It needs to be ginger. Spoilers, yeah. listeners. <laughs> There is no ginger clown in this fucking movie. Not only is there no ginger clown, there's no any clown. There's just no clowns. And no gingers. Are there any gingers? I, I wasn't paying attention. No. It's, it's, it's no. quite dark. No. So. no, but like the, none of the um, none of the high school kids at the beginning, none of them were ginger either because no, they're, they're all in a group of friends and gingers don't have any friends. I think the closest you get is the tea kettle. Because yeah. It's got like a red ring around the top, I think. So okay. So it's a, it's yeah, a redhead kinda. at least. Yeah, it's a redhead at least yeah. to start. But um, not ginger red. No, no it's red red. No. Yeah, so so not as advertised. Um, let's not bury the lead. I don't want to start. <laughs> I don't want to start kicking it already. <laughs> Jesus Christ! I've only been back on this show for four minutes, and I'm kicking the shit out of a film already. Um, <laughs> I, I I'm not. I'm probably not going to kick the shit out of it as much as the rest of you, to be honest. Because it, look, this isn't good. I'm not. I'm not going to. No way am I going to sit here tonight and defend this film. But I will say it wasn't without its charm. I, I, I will say there were there were parts of this which which kind of Yeah, a little bit nostalgia maybe, definitely the vibe of it as well. There were parts of it that I I actually quite liked. Unfortunately, there's no fucking film to hang those parts on. Um so I've got notes as always. Who else has got notes? Helen, you did very good note taking last time, by the way. I did listen back to the Guardians episode. I was very impressed by your note taking. My note-taking is nowhere near as... Well, there wasn't a story for me to take notes with, so I started making observations, and then Mm. I was like, it's just time checks, where it was just for my sanity, because... (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I've got got some notes. Okay, good. Well, see, so there there are some That's unusual for me. I mean, I've got... One, two, three, four... I've got five pages of notes, which is quite a lot for me, so obviously something yeah. was going on here. Probably yeah, most of them are me complaining. Didn't, didn't even feel to. <laughs> yeah, I've, I've got bullet points, and I've got about 20 of them. Yeah, okay. Well, let's dive in, I guess. So uh, you're back to me now, listeners. I'm sorry. You've got my recollection of things, not <laughs> Helen's, so I'll do my best. I, I feel like she left That's me a lot to live up to when they went through Guardians <laughs> last time. Um incidentally for those that are interested which is nobody i know i actually really enjoyed guardians too had i been on that show i think i pretty much would have agreed with everything you guys said um apart from it being better than iron man 2 because mark was clearly on crack at that point um i I back mark on that statement (laughs) no hell no look don't kid yourself iron man 2 is not one of the good marvel films (laughs) 
but it is definitely better than Guardians. <laughs> Don't kid yourselves. <laughs> like... No, I, as I said at the time, I've not seen it for many, many years, but I don't remember, with the exception, the exception of Black Widow, I don't remember anything particularly useful coming out of it. Justin Hammer in it, <laughs> and he's excellent. Like, yeah. Anyway, this isn't anyway. about Iron Man 2. Maybe that's one for another show and we can have a whole big argument about it because <laughs> I don't hate it as much as most people. Yeah, it's not one of the good ones, but I don't hate it. Um, okay, so straight into Ginger Clown then. Um, I rented the SD version. I don't know about yeah, you guys because... Like, I, I had a relative amount of faith in this film. Like, when we found it, and I was like, Ginger Clown, and then you read the blurb, and Tim Curry's in it, and Lance Henriksen's in it. I'm like, this is going to be all right. Because let's be fair, even when a film is shit, Tim Curry's always good in said shit film. Like, yes. there, there are very yeah. few things that, that aren't improved by the addition of Tim Curry, right? So I'm like, this is okay. Like, Tim Curry's going to be worth a few quid on his own. Like, yeah. so, but still, I wasn't confident enough to be like, <laughs> is this a £3.50 HD rental? <laughs> Or I is told this a... you as well. <laughs> don't don't. You did out. pre-warn us. Helen was the yeah. first of us through the door on this one, and we were pre-warned. So yeah, so yeah, I went with the two pound fifty SD version. Um, but going into it, even after Helen's warning as well, I was like, come on, it's Ginger Clown, it's Tim Curry, it's Lance Henriksen, Brad Dourif as well. Like, how bad yeah. can this be? Yeah, these credits are rolling, and the credits have got a lot of promise. Like, they, yeah. There's, yeah. there's a creepy score, there's creepy clowns. You start to see those yeah, the, 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 the imagery as well, like where they over the the, the, the signage yep. from the theme park and stuff. It works really well. It works really yeah. well. The credits are really good, and then you start seeing the names roll, and then you get Lance Henriksen as Brain Eater, yeah. fucking Brain Eater. I'm like, yeah, all right, this is going to be great. I'm a hundred percent in at this point. Then we get a credit for the animatronic supervisor, and I'm super excited at that point just the yeah. mention of the word animatronic i'm like this is gonna be fucking great this is gonna be practical effects we got lance henriksen eating brains we got tim curry being a clown this is gonna be fucking amazing this is well worth two pound fifty <laughs> and then it starts <laughs> <laughs> so we get we get the title card on screen straight away so we get a big super saying it's 1983 in, in like california somewhere why it's 1983 is completely who knows P- presumably just so they can't use mobile phones because i can't see any other good reason why this no, is set in 1983 other than no, maybe there's... for flavor you know because yeah. it's definitely it's definitely got an 80s horror film vibe there are loads of we were just uh, briefly talking about it before you come on the call helen there are loads of little easter eggs to 80s movies in here as yeah. well now so, one one because of one in particular i'd have made it 1985 well yeah you'd have thought yeah. so you'd have thought so but, okay yeah but yeah so all right it's 1983 um and still, yeah, I, mean, comes I, up... I didn't. I didn't mind that. I mean, it it looked no, no, the, the way the way they put it together. It it looked like a decent eight. No, as as you'd have those some of those eighties B horror movies. It looked like that. It looked fine. So you know, setting it then didn't really bother me. I've got to be honest. I I had an issue with the fact that they've made such a big point of this is nineteen eighty three, and obviously it's it's you've got your jocks hanging out. But the thing is, is like this whole Letterman jacket thing hasn't really changed a lot, and the fact that they were in sort of like nineteen fifties Cadillacs meant that i was sort of like yeah i i've got that in my notes as well why are they in classic cars it doesn't feel like the 80s it feels like the 50s yes i agree um i don't have a huge issue either way but you are you are right helen that that is a confused visual um and again when you look at some of the stuff that that pops up later on i can understand why we're in the 80s with a 50s visual but they don't they don't follow that through enough for me but you know they're kind of the generic american high school kids right so they have to wear yeah. varsity jackets and stuff like that and jock and jock uniforms and stuff like that. so all fine right the credits have been great 
we you know we're looking out over the hollywood sign it's clearly quite cheaply made but actually it's pretty well lit and for what it is like especially considering i'm not watching it in hd it doesn't look bad at all so i'm all in and then people start speaking and well do they the start speaking or do they start really fucking shouting loudly i mean yeah, these performances these performances i've just written yeah. uh oh basically it was my first <laughs> note uh oh <laughs> because yeah. There is look. There is only one person, aside from the the marquee stars. There's only one person in this cast that can act. The rest of them are fucking terrible, like yeah. appalling. Especially Biff. Um, yeah. I mean, Jesus Christ! Like he's one of the worst actors I think I've ever seen on screen, and that's saying something considering the fucking films we've watched. Um, yeah. But he's fucking yeah. terrible. So, okay, the performances are not good. Um, apart from jenny who's consistently good throughout i'll be honest clearly way too good for this film i don't know why the fuck she's in it however it's very clear she's our star because she is made up like a fucking again like a 1950s movie star everybody else no makeup whatsoever it's like they couldn't Mm. afford it they spend it all on jenny like she's she's properly made up yeah nobody else (laughs) like the rest of them pale as fuck (laughs) like nothing on any yeah because everybody in california is pale as fuck well, of course it, they are. Yeah, they don't, they don't have any well sun there. It doesn't help as well that they've got that day-to-night colour filter, which isn't. E- it wasn't even like they were shooting outside on location. So mm. for the fact that they've got such a hard colour balance towards that sort of like bluey, greyy, yeah. green colour throughout all of it, which is, it was unnecessary, and it just washes all of the colour out of everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, so... Hair and makeup, costume department, not doing well. Production design, not doing well. <laughs> weird composition choices as well in that opening scene. Some yeah. very weird composition choices. There's a lot uh, There's a lot of eye lines that don't match uh, amongst those cars as well. As you say, there's a yeah. lot of shouting. I mean, it, it, it does feel in some instances like pickups are being shot without the rest of the cast on set, which, you know, is, is standard practice, but we shouldn't feel that as an audience. Yeah. Um, and then we get uh oh what's his name I, i've written his name later in the notes what's the what's the main what's our main guy's sam. name sam. sam so then sam. we get we get sam rock up um but the, the best part of this right they they call he's, he's sam all the way through but his last name seems to change because at one point they're calling him donny then they're calling him tully and so do they have they just changed his name halfway fucking through and not told anybody i, I honestly didn't notice because i probably wasn't paying any fucking attention because no, it's so when, to when pay he, attention to. Well, yeah. <laughs> no. so when, he, when he first rocks up and, and Biff is trying to convince him to, to join them and he's, you know, the girl, he's got the girl say they love it. And we love you, Donnie. And so who the fuck's Donnie? His name was Sam, wasn't it? I don't know. And then they start calling him Tully. It's like, hang on, that doesn't fucking match. But, you know, he he shows up, whatever his name is. Fucking kid on the bike with no name, whatever. He shows up and there seems to be this implication that there's history between yeah. all of them and particularly between sam and jenny which i'm fine with and that's you know that's a good story beat it's, it's a well-established story beat as well you know that yeah. the fucking nerdy kid maybe used to be friends with her like the kid next door or whatever and now she's off with a jock that all makes sense and we know enough like we have enough cultural baggage hmm. to hang that on this but yeah. it's not in the script and they want it to be no. they very clearly want it to be but they don't yeah, give it to they, us they kind of go out of their way especially in this section where the where the, the jocks are all taunting him and she's no, she's telling him to leave him alone. They know he hasn't done anything. She tells him to go home and just leave, yeah. and no, not and not get stoned. So they, yeah, they're clearly trying to build this up that there's something there, or there has been something there, mm. because other, otherwise, what's the point in any of it? And well, this it, is it the doesn't thing. go anywhere. 
no, it doesn't go anywhere. And it's because we don't have, and you know, you know, I'm, I'm a big fan of this. We don't have that preamble. Like we mm. needed a pre-credit scene to, to tell us about this, or, or we needed to flash back to it later on. Never mind first also, act. Go on. The other thing as well is they're blatantly at a lookout point. So mm. they, this is this is a lookout point. So somewhere that is secluded, they're off the the normal frequented track. So you're mm. not going to get like rolled over by cops, and so you can sort of like drink and be all sort of loud and larry. Why the fuck is he there? Well, yeah, because it do, it yeah. doesn't seem like a natural it's shortcut not, home, does it? It's not some like no. I haven't got this as a note, but the problem is, is I've had a long time to let this film percolate, and he just there is absolutely no reason for him to have encountered them where they are yeah and for yeah. him to have been there and it's you know there's, there's nothing in the film no nope. there's nothing in the story he's, he's just there because he needs to be there but if yeah. you actually it's one of these things where if you stop and think about it, it's not like it hangs together anyway but mm. if you actually start thinking about it it hangs together even less and you're just like jesus christ guys yes yeah. And, and as usual with this kind of thing as well, when, when we have films like this that, that don't hang together, it is all interconnected and there's a reason. Like it's, a very, it's a very obvious reason to put him there and we'll come on to it in a bit because I start really ranting about this in my notes shortly. Um, so, so we'll come on to it. Uh, but one of, the, one of the main issues I have is it goes all the way back to this first scene. Um, but anyway, so he, he shows up, they have a disagreement, he starts getting bullied and... Then they decide that, for whatever reason, he needs to break into the creepy old amusement park and bring Biff something out so that he can make out with Jenny. Basically, basically just Biff wants to be a cuck is what's going on here. But but he can't say it because he's the big macho jock. So he can't actually just come out and say, look, I really want to watch you fuck my girlfriend. And he can't say that because there's clearly some unrequited love there. Like Biff's clearly very far in the closet like he's in fucking narnia and he's just he's not able to say it but anyway they come up with this whole ridiculous convoluted plan where they go down to the amusement park and he has to break in and come back out by midnight with something for biff now, wasn't it five past midnight? Wasn't it really oddly specific and not sensible? Well, no, it's not. It's not specific at all. Because then my next note is: Can he actually? So, so Biff just says, "We'll be back here at midnight, or maybe five past midnight, whatever it is. You better have something for me." But then he got and picked up a fucking blade of grass, right? And, and and if he gets something, does he have to wait until midnight? Because surely he can just go in, pick something up, and then fucking Come back leave. The he can wait yeah. outside for them. I don't understand why for the next hour and a half the two of them are running around inside this fucking theme park basically like why don't they just leave it's never yeah. explained why they can't actually leave like no. they jumped they jumped over the fence to get in so jump back over the fence yeah. to get back out like I, I don't and it's not like there was a step on one side that they stepped up to climb up they climbed the fence yeah so, climb the fence back out so that's the first thing like i've written you the parameters of this deal are unclear i would not be happy with this arrangement at all i would absolutely just be, not i would absolutely need to know what i was walking into and you know me like you, you've only got to say to me hey chris i bet you won't go in the abandoned theme park and stay there till 12 o'clock and i'm gonna be like yes absolutely i will but i would need to understand the parameters of this agreement i'm yeah, not just willy-nilly gonna run in there like i need to understand what i'm doing but anyway, and and, and you're right as well because I mean we um, Helen and I did this years ago. We went to the the monkey park. 
Yes. And we had the, we had that problem where the way in wasn't accessible for, as a way out, so the so we had to you know go out it through basically, mm. and we had yeah. we had to kind of go with that. But there was none there was none of that here. Everybody literally went, oh, there's an old chain chain link fence, which considering that thing had been there since the twenties, was in very good nick. Um, yeah. And yeah, they just climbed over, so there's no reason they couldn't have just come back out. Well, we'll get back onto the 1920s of it all at several times throughout as well, because um, those amusement rides, I can't even fucking speak now, I'm that tired. Those amusement rides are not from the 1920s. Well, they they, <laughs> they, they, tried, they, they tried to explain it away because they said it, it was opened in the 20s and it closed the and reopened in the 60s. They're so not they're, from the 60s either. No, they're not. But they, they, it's basically there's an abandoned amusement place in Hungary where they filmed it. And that's kind of what they want to do. So they went, oh, yeah, we probably better try and hang some sort of story on this um, or some sort of bullshit exposition. And it didn't really work. And you know none what? of it made sense. But but that's fine, right? If you want to use a modern-day park and make it like the 20s or the 60s, like nobody's, and, and not even me, a, a theme park nerd, is going to be in there going, hang on a minute, like you wouldn't have had these rides then unless you light them up in bright fluorescent bulbs and have fucking yes. music blaring and show no, they, me that they are very clearly modern carnival, yeah. right? No, this is something else I had a, had a problem with, right? If that place has been shut since the 60s, how the fuck is it still connected to any sort of power grid? That's Who's what paying I'm saying. the bill? This, this yeah. is what I'm saying. They're cl- yeah. It's clearly not from the 60s because it's lit up like fucking Christmas all the yeah. time. Like, yeah. Yeah, and who, I get it. paying that bill? I get it because it's visually more interesting oh, you know, if, yeah. if everything's on, but doesn't make any sense anyway we're jumping ahead that is just something that constantly annoyed me throughout this film every time you'd get like a fucking flat ride and all the lights would come on and it would start operating i'd be like but but hang on how because this has been closed for like 20 odd years how does this it doesn't make sense anyway jumps over the fence jenny just loses a rag tells biffy's an arsehole basically and immediately jumps over the fence and goes with him and my my only note here is fuck jenny's going in i love her already and and to be fair, I do. Throughout the film, she's about the best thing. Her character yep. does have some moments. She is inconsistent. But yep. in general, she's probably the best thing about this film. And at this point, I'm all in for Jenny. I'm like, she's going in after him. Great. Love her. Again, this would make a lot more sense if we understood the backstory of, like, maybe they grew up together. Maybe they're friends. Doesn't even have to be a romantic thing. Yep. Just, like, stop picking on him. It needs to be a little bit more than just, you're an absolute dick. Yeah. Yep. Because... She's going into a haunted, scary amusement park type thing. Like, you're not going to do that just to get away from your boyfriend. You're going to walk home. (laughs) Which she already threatened to do. Yeah. So why didn't she do that rather than jump over the fence? Right. So that doesn't make sense. But anyway, of course, everybody's got to get into the park because otherwise we don't have a film. Um, However, even for me at this point, this is a stretch for suspension of disbelief. Like, it really is. Anyway, she's going in. Um, So then we get this sort of... um, this back and forth between them and we get lines like i don't want you to do this um because of me and he's not doing it because of her at all he's doing it because he's been bullied so again this relationship doesn't work she goes in the park yeah. meets him they have a whole kind of heart to heart about it don't do this don't put yourself in danger he's doing it because biff's gonna kick the shit out of him otherwise he's not yeah let's be fair no. Biff's, no, biff's gonna kick the shit out of him anyway yeah yeah, yeah. This is just delaying it a little bit. Yeah, exactly. So so none of that works. We we don't have anything to hang this relationship on. That's the problem. No. Now, at this point, there's... Go on. I said, this is a problem because I said, the relationship doesn't work, but then there are some really nice moments between them later on where you do get a little bit of character off them. So we, you know, when you start talking about, you know, he's talking about this backpack and then she, she's talking about her father and him just drinking and stuff like that. We do get these moments, but it's, none of it feels earned. And because they haven't done the legwork here at the beginning, when you get all this stuff that doesn't make any fucking sense... 
no, it, it needs to it needs to have been one of two things. I say they either need to have had previous and they need to have like grown up together or, or whatever, and it's yeah. well known that he's been crushing on her or something like that. Or it needs to be the complete opposite, where yeah, he's the nerd and she's like the cheerleader or whatever, and they happen <clears> to be trapped in this amusement park now for reasons. Those reasons yeah. can be whatever you want. Yeah. yeah, but reasons, and they've never spoke to each other before, and now all of a sudden they are. But that's not what this is, because it's suggested that there's something there, but we don't really ever get to the bottom of it. Yeah. The bigger problem I'm having at this point now is we're about 10, 15 minutes into the film. This is a horror film. There is no tension. There is no threat. There is no atmosphere. There is nothing. Yeah. And it's largely because we haven't had any kills yet. Yes. And that's a big yeah. problem. <clears throat> like, if we... If, and- Horror's different to just about every other genre in that with 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 every genre, right? With with anything, any drama that you're creating, you always want to open a scene as late as possible, right? You always want to open and disrupt your status quo straight away. But horror, especially so, you have to immediately come in on a yeah. death or some sort of suspense-filled scene and then reset the status quo and then break it again. And then dial it back and reset it again and then break yeah. it again. And they just don't seem to understand this at all. Yeah. Like we needed, we needed a death up front. It's a fucking yeah. horror film. It needed, yeah. if anything, I'd have even put it pre-credits. With yeah, because I mean, I, the one thing I thought with the credits actually, because as as good as they were, they reminded me a lot of the credits on Elves, which yes. we did a couple of Christmases ago. Where again, it's all you no, know, uh, super close-ups on the the ornaments on the tree, and it's you no know, the everything. So the camera's always moving, and you're seeing different things. So you get you're getting little bits of information through that. I thought they'd, you know, they'd potentially done that with the credits, but then it didn't go anywhere. And so, if it had, if you'd had a pre-credits bit, or even if you'd had some sort of, you no, know, some sort of allusion to the fact that people have gone missing, or something has happened with this park, just give us something to hang that's, anything on. That's exactly what it needs, Mark. It needs to be yeah. either the twenties or the sixties. We need to see a murder in the park, and that's why the park is abandoned. That's what we need yeah. to see. We yeah. need to see someone die in that park, and then we flash forward, and it's abandoned. And then they can make reference to yeah. the murder that happened in the park yeah. 40 years and they, ago. They, they find the newspaper later on as well. So yeah. the, the thing is, is you'd open it with the incident that caused that. And you wouldn't even necessarily need to do that in a big budget way. Yeah. You could do it in a very sort of like suggested, sort of slightly off screen. But you hear the screams and you see yeah. the rest mm-hmm. of it. And you've got someone trying to like fool their way out. And then you just get the newspaper headlines that then puts like the random images that you've seen in context, you know, Disaster happens, park goes bankrupt, people disappear, teens missing, teens missing, teens missing, teens missing, modern day, boom, yep. drop your yeah. title Because if you've got that to hang on as well, the whole thing of sending him in there then has some weight to it. Yeah. There's yeah, no consequence. The that, there is there's no, no like, oh, fuck, now I have to go yeah. into this park where all these people died or disappeared from or whatever else. Yeah, they've got no reason to be scared of this park whatsoever other than yeah. it's been like creepy and abandoned for as long as they've been alive yeah but they now, don't fuck, really know I'd why love that. yeah well exactly they're fucking yeah. teenagers right they, they're idiots fuck, I'm nearly anyway. 40, I'd still love it right so and there's only two of them as well so you've got such a small amount of people that you can like murder and maim for the rest of the runtime yeah like i mean i know that they we get another person joining them but if everyone's there they could have at least all gone in yeah. over the gate and just like clustered around the entrance area so that we've at least got people that can get picked off because yeah. oh we need to go for a wee or something yeah, <laughs> then they yeah. but that's, that's the thing i mean like, there's at least there were what a dozen people in, mm-hmm. the, in that first scene send them all in and yeah. then break break, break them off into groups of two th- no break them off into yeah. groups of two three four wherever it is and it, again you've just got something you can do and I, I appreciate that budget and all the rest of it but you think well 
don't if you're going to try and do if you're going to try and do this you you need to you know you need to have some sort of tension some sort of suspension some sort of some suspense some sort of release and you can do that by using your characters not going actually yeah we paid them for you know to do like two scenes and they come and you know toss her off outside and sort of sit by the cars but they won't actually do anything what's the fucking point if you're going to do that don't bother having them in the first place build your narrative around a different device it just seems entirely wasted does look even beast of bunny at a at a high body count and that was yes. way lower budget than this yeah uh, and even that had a higher body count so it's not an excuse to say we don't have money as helen said you find the creative way around it you well don't exactly have to show it but they yeah. need it's a horror film we need to be fearing for these characters lives and that's going to require two things it requires us to fucking care about these characters certainly mm-hmm. at least the lead we need to want them to get out yeah and it also needs escalating threat and there's there's none of that it absolutely none so at this point they're just dicking around in a theme park but then yeah. we do get our first kind of hint of of whatever our monster's going to be and at this point we just see the shadow and the claw go yeah. past and and some sniffing and I'm like hang on that's a fucking werewolf like blatantly because our again our cultural language tells us that the way that shot and the way it moves that's a werewolf yeah. why is the first monster we're seeing in ginger clown fucking werewolf when it should be and it turns out it's not even a werewolf spoilers but that's what i think it is at this point because that's what years and years of watching trashy horror films have told me like that movement that sound that shadow that's a fucking werewolf that's following them yeah so anyway but again i mean they don't even make anything of that the fact that you've got this thing following them i think you get one illusion to the fact that there might have been a rustle in a bush somewhere but they just kind of go all right let's carry on moving then nobody's scared nobody's worried about it nobody's thinking no no again if you had that group mentality oh go check it out go find out what it is you don't get any of that it's just oh well something's following them not only are they not scared about it they then stumble upon some sort of iteration of the tunnel of love with a dead fucking body in the boat yeah and decide it would be a great idea to follow it yeah who the fuck does that who the fuck right if nothing else, even though they're stupid teenagers, right, and even accepting that, yeah, it's a dodgy-looking skeleton and stuff, it's an abandoned fucking theme park. You don't go on the rides, you fucking idiots. Like, well, you certainly don't go on anything that's bolted together, do you? Well, you certainly don't go anything that goes in a tunnel and shit like that where you can't actually see the operation. Like, <laughs> what the fuck, it's, what but, the yeah, fuck it's... is wrong with you? Like, walk through it, maybe. I'd give you yeah. that if you want to. If you want to like wander through it, I'd give you like hundred percent. Like if if you want to wander through Small World after dark, if you're that fucking sadistic, hundred percent, go and do it. Right, wander through. Don't take a fucking boat. What is well, the matter with you? You're entirely at the mercy of whatever's there. Yeah. What the fuck? Never mind. The boat could capsize. You could get your fingers trapped, and they could be cut off, like that kid on Pirates of the Caribbean not so long ago, because he put his hand in the fucking water. Like all sorts of things can go wrong, but they decide. Go on the fucking ride. Nobody yeah. questions how the ride is fucking running in well, an empty yeah. theme park with no this power. Is it. Yeah. This, <laughs> yeah. This is it. Actually, there's a really nice bit. I think I can't remember if it's before they go in the tunnel of love or after, but all like they there's bits that start moving around. And again, this is I think this is one of the few times they do try and ramp things up a bit. You do get some lights and some music and stuff from different areas. But there's a really there's a really interesting shot I thought where you've got this everything lights up and you've got some swirling crowds on the moon and the moon must be like four inches from earth at this point because it's fucking massive but i thought that was yeah. a, re- a really interesting shot and it's probably the most interesting shot in the entire fucking film because again it didn't make any bastard sense t- it looked cool but it didn't make any fucking sense to be fair like visually 
some of the lighting's not great at times. Some Visually, of the lighting's I, atrocious. I, I don't think it's that bad. It's, it's, some of it is quite interesting, and it, and it definitely it definitely hits the vibe. Like when it's going for eighties straight to VHS video yeah. nasty horror, like visually, and to be fair, in in the score as well, it it hits that vibe. Hmm. It's it's just that there's nothing here there's nothing here the problem, to hang it on the problem is is that it's a film that's made by people that normally work in the tech department so it's a film that's made by people that normally do animatronics and set design well because hmm. it's painted because the sets look great and we'll get to the animatronics oh we'll get to the we'll yeah. get but to the yeah that's that is it and so it's a case of right and so there we didn't need we need actors to like move through these spaces but they like, they don't even have the knowledge of how to get them to actually interact with the spaces that they're in no no they don't um and actually, actually it's quite funny there's a blooper at the end i don't know if you saw oh it right God. at the end of the yes. credits and it's just it, it entirely comes that point it's that they have no idea how to move through a space when they're not reacting to anything They've got. So, it's clear from that cutscene that they had no direction whatsoever. Yeah. They just turned the camera on and went. There's something there, yeah. and you can see. You can see. Bless them, right? The two of they're them. Who, who actually? Yeah. They. They. They're both decent. She's very good. He's not bad either, right? They're the mm. only two decent actors in the whole thing, and they're trying. They're searching for something, and you almost feel like that blooper is actually them just in frustration, really taking the yeah. piss out of the director. Being like, yeah. look, this is this is what we're working with, people. Yeah, maybe. You know, we've got nothing here. So, ah, it's a velociraptor. And then yeah. they just break out into fits of laughter. It's because, yeah. you know, the, both of them are vibing off each other, going like, I don't know what we're fucking doing. Like, yeah, I don't nobody's know told from. us what to do, so yeah. let's just... Um, Something's here. But yeah, yeah so that, that did kind of say a lot about uh, about the film. And as I said, they've... they've a lot of the time, when when you you are adding stuff with CGI, you will always give people something to react to that you're then going to crop out or you're going to fix later on. And yeah, they just had fuck all. They did, and it's it's the scene where I think in the film it's the scene with the bats, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Um, and even then, it's exactly the same. It's like, oh, there's a bat, great. Oh fuck, there's loads of bats. Oh, we should probably scream. I and- mean, in, in fairness, I, I don't even think it's that they need something fry lines or something to react to. They just need a director to go right. There are bats every fucking way. They're all around you. They clearly don't know. They they, yeah. they just don't know what they're supposed to be reacting to. They they haven't got a fucking clue. Um, it's yeah, it's quite telling that scene. Um, my next note we've already covered because my next note actually we came to naturally. I said uh, I do like the aesthetic of this film. They've nailed the eighties horror vibe, which they have. It feels like the type of thing I would get as a freebie from the video shop. I've yeah. covered this on the show before. Yeah. Whenever you rented a new release in our video shop. You got an older film for free. You got anything under two ninety nine for free with your rental. This is the type of thing I would have picked up. Yeah. Right, I'd, I'd have definitely picked this up and watched it. And as a kid, probably would have quite enjoyed it because I was stupid. Um, <laughs> so then we get the reveal of what this werewolf thing is, and it's a fucking dog hand puppet, which I adore. At this point, the needle for me has swung all the way from this is. What the fuck is this, Stu? Oh my god, there are really bad puppets. I am a hundred percent up for this film again at this point. But I do just want to say there was this was also met with a little bit of trepidation, I guess, because I got very excited at the credit for an animatronic supervisor, and then I saw a glove puppet. puppet. Yeah, <laughs> I'm like, or a hand puppet rather. I'm like, right, okay. I bet there are no animatronics in this film whatsoever. There are no animatronics in this film 
whatsoever. What there are are some moving figures and some puppets. An animatronic is a very, very specific thing. And these ain't it, okay? <laughs> to be an animatronic, you have to have a very sophisticated range of movement, yeah? Mm-hmm. These do not have that level of movement. What Absolutely these are, not. at best, are animated figures. Now, that's not me saying they're bad, okay? That's not me saying that at all. What That is me saying that I've been missold here for the yeah. second time in this film because there's no ginger clown and there ain't no fucking animatronics. So, yeah, bit annoyed by that. However, do love the dog hand puppet. And then my next note is clearly the first point where I've realised we're going to get loads of 80s references because I've just written Baby Ruth with about 10 A's and 8 U's. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I, I like I'm starting to see what's going on here. Yeah. Some of these are cringeworthy. Most of them, I think, are quite well handled. Like, they could wash straight over you if you didn't know what you're looking at. And yeah. let's be fair, we are the last people on Earth that can pick fault in a film for throwing in mindless 80s references. So, yeah, so I've gone with I've gone with that. Um, but then, like, I've written, and I've, I've said this already, okay, but why don't they just fucking leave? Like, they yeah. can literally leave this place at any point and again all it needed was somebody we didn't even have to see it if they couldn't afford it somebody just needed to write in the script oh my god i'm lost i can't find the exit the fog had to roll in maybe buy a fucking smoke machine the fog rolls in and they're lost and they can't find their way out the doors are blocked up yeah whatever fucking supernatural mumbo jumbo you want but we have to understand that they're actually trapped in this park they allude to it very very late on yeah. They do allude to the fact that they haven't been able to find the exit. Why? I don't know. Because all they need to do is retrace their steps. It's not like it's that fucking dark and they've got the moon to follow as well. Yeah. Like, they're pretty fucking useless if they can't find their way out no, of this from park personal full experience, of landmarks. Yeah, I say personal experience with theme parks is there are fucking signs everywhere as well. Well, there are. I mean, this is more of a carny type of thing, isn't yeah. it? But yeah, I mean, they would be, at the very least, you'd be like, oh, there's the Tunnel of Love. There's the roller coaster. There's the hot dog stand. There's the exit. There we yeah. go. I remember all of these from the way in. Yeah, yeah, like you, there are landmarks everywhere. So I don't understand why they don't leave. Then, yeah. as much as I've said, I think she's a really good actress. We get, and it, you know, this is partly the script. And I do wonder whether her delivery is on purpose. But we get, what's in your bag? Now I bet that won't be an important plot point at all, will mm. it? Yeah. <laughs> Jesus Christ, like I. <laughs> it's the same it's a writer director right i'm writing that and i from what i could see like oh man i don't know like some people like we say all the time i'm gonna sound needlessly harsh now but i'm thinking it so i've got to say it like you know with modern technology like anybody can make a film but it doesn't mean anybody should does it like you know like like god love him for trying you know god loves a trier but how did nobody involved in this just go hang on a minute mate like at some point, you need a story, and like you, you just you need to direct these people. Like but you the, need to the tell them what is, they're doing. Not they only is he the writer and not only is he the writer and director, he's also the producer. I mean, so he's go got no, he's got nobody telling him. Hang on, what the fuck is this? Yeah. What are you doing that for? No, you can't have that. No, you're not doing that. You need to do this instead. There's nobody reining him in at all. The, to, 
that being said, you can have someone that is the writer, the director, and the producer, and they can create fucking art. Velocipaster is the example. Yeah, exactly. Like, but yeah, you you can, but yeah. you 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 need somebody just to keep you in check. I think. Yeah. I mean, I mean, he's, well, he's that, one of or th- you need you need genuine talent. Um, well, yeah, that yeah. maybe that, yeah. but that, that I mean, helps. He's, he's he's one of three producers, but you just you, know, you get the impression it's just like no, well, no, it's my bat, my ball, and I'm making it making what I want. I'm not going to listen to anybody else. This is what I want to do. This is what's on the page. Yeah, this I mean, we're coming out. We make we're making assumptions, and we, you know, we I, are. I, but... I really, I really, and I know I started it as well, and I really hate to be down on people, especially on this show, especially when we're looking at low budget films, because we know how hard this sort of stuff is. But for fuck's sake, like you can't be spitting. Like even when we look back to fucking uh, 2020, was it 2020 virus? 2025. 2025. 2025. That's it. Even when we look back at that, I'm trying to erase it from my memory as I speak. <laughs> like even when we look back at that, at least he kind of knew what he was trying to say, and at least those performers did have direction. They just weren't speaking in their native tongue, which made it more difficult. But they. They kind of knew what they needed to do. Here, I just feel like everybody's running around without any idea mm. what they're supposed to do. It's like a bit like when we were looking at Beaster Bunny, where he's just got a cast together. And, and I mean, Beaster Bunny felt at least like he was a bunch of mates as well. This feels like he's got a cast together, turned the camera on and just been like, oh, I, I don't know, just Crack on. do some shit. Like there's maybe a fucking monster yeah. over there and there's a dog coming and like he's got some drawings in his bag. Why? I don't know. He likes to draw. He's a nerd. Like, what the fuck? Yeah. yeah. Again, if it's gonna, if what's gonna be in his bag is important, it should be the weapon that kills the fucking clown, not some fucking drawings of Jen. Like you can have those yeah. as well if we need to build that relationship, but yeah, needs to be more than just some random fucking drawings. Anyway, I don't want to get too hung up on the drawings because we'll talk about them again later. Yeah. Um, we get a nice Blade Runner T-shirt. Mm. Completely breaks my immersion. Completely. Um, but you know, nice nonetheless. Um, and then we get the kettle. Um, it's fucking terrible, mm. isn't it? The kettle um, looks fucking that? awful. Have we seen the um the, the DJ one before this? I thought no, it was the that, kettle was first. That, kettle yeah. first is that? Kettle, kettle's, kettle's the first thing they meet. Um, right, clearly okay. designed to be the worm in labyrinth. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. isn't <laughs> terrible, terrible, terrible puppet. However, very fucking funny. And yes. again, at this point, I'm like, he's got the tone at least. Like he understands yeah. the tone. You're sweary tea kettle, definitely right up my street. Yeah. You know, I'm a, I'm a tea kettle arsehole. Are you a fucking retard? Like, yeah. Very funny. Very, very funny. Totally politically incorrect. Doesn't give a fuck. Sweary as hell. Yeah. That's what this film needs to be. We just need a story to hang it on. Yeah. Um, love the tea kettle. And then I've written, these puppets are shockingly bad. And I love them with a double underline. I love how bad they are. I really yeah. do. Like... With something like this, the worse these puppets look, the more I love it, to be yeah. honest. You know, it's like it's like watching Ghoulies. We look at Ghoulies and like, these look fucking terrible. They're nowhere near as good as Gremlins and Critters. Yeah. But I love them for being so fucking bad. You know, like, just, just embrace it. If you can't make something that looks good, then just make it as bad as possible. Just, yeah. just do it. Again, like we said in Velocipasta with the actual dinosaur suit, it's just like, you know what? We can't afford an expensive one, so yeah. let's just make it look shit. And just roll with the fact that it looks shit. But well, this, this is the that thing. You requires can... an element of performance to get suspension of disbelief. Yeah. And we don't get that here. No. But I mean, and that's that's the thing. And we talked about it with, with Lost Pastor is that actually, if you if you believe it, no, if you've got the belief in what you're doing and what you're doing is actually competent, 
people will forgive it because they think, well, yeah, they don't have any money. The problem is, what problem comes when you don't you don't have the Compton right, and the the effects are shit, and the performances aren't great. It all kind of marries together. Then you just go, oh fuck, this noise. It's not. It's just not. It's just not worth the time watching. And yes, yeah, so the the tea kettle is funny as hell. The the other the, so the scene with the, the the DJ thing was just fucking tedious. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, we'll, we'll come you, on to you, that. And I mean, this is the thing that you you need something to keep people interested because you ain't got a fucking story. No, no, absolutely not. Um, but I did like the tea kettle. So yes. I'm back in at this point. It's a bit of a roller coaster for me. This film, mm. I, I'm in, I'm out, I'm in, I'm out. You know, no pun intended, but it is a bit of a roller coaster. I'm doing the okey cokey with it at this point, but I'm back in when the tea kettle shows up. Um, and then, oh, good. Biff's going to go in after him. I hope he gets fucking eaten is what I've written here. Obviously, yeah. he's not going to get eaten straight away, but at least I'm thinking, okay, here's Additional a disposable threat. body. Like, yeah, like th- yeah. there's a threat for our for our lead as well, for Sam, but also here's a disposable body for whatever this thing is that we still haven't seen that I'm therefore assuming is a clown. Yeah. The fucking kill. Because at this point, it's just Tim Curry's disembodied voice. Yeah. Is yeah. all it is. Talking um, about Dorothy. Who the fuck's Dorothy? He's shouting... He's he's shouty enough as well as a character that it doesn't matter where he's going to get murdered in the park. You know that the leads can have will hear it and yeah. they'll be able to react to it. Yeah, yeah. because he's very shouty. Yeah, because I yeah. mean, he, this is what he gets himself really worked up about the fact she went in after him a good twenty minutes after she does. He starts ranting at the um the other jocks that no the the dumb whore called me a moron, and it's like okay, well you're the one trying to whore her out for a start, mm-hmm. so that's on you, but. The the note I made on it is that this is this is what happened to Biff Tannen in the twenty years after after George McFly decked him. He became very fucking bitter. Yeah, and started cleaning cars. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah, Biff goes in, um, and then again they say to each other, they have a discussion, and they say to each other, if we don't go out at midnight, maybe Biff will come in after us, or you could just fucking leave, guys. Yeah. Just saying, like, you know. <laughs> And that's the other bit I didn't get, and they—I think they kind of alluded to it—the fact that she's, you know, she's, she's almost painting him as he's going to come and rescue her, when he's done again nothing at any point to suggest that's going to happen. They do, they do have that out between the two of them. Mm-hmm. There is that discussion there because it basically it allows it allows uh, a bit of progression with their relationship because he then says, "Well, why do you want an asshole like that or something like that?" and there's you start to see the differences between the two guys as if you hadn't seen it already so it, it just allows him to man up a little bit is what they're doing there but you know i know it's set in the 80s but jesus christ these gender roles guys yeah i mean <laughs> also, reals, it's, it's set in know. the 80s but it's also it's also written and made in eastern europe so progression hasn't quite got to the 90s yet yeah because you know she starts off pretty fucking badass like i said i love it when she's just going oh fuck you i'm going in the park as well and then there are moments like this, as I say, randomly throughout, where a character wobbles just because it feels like the scene needs it to. So all of a sudden, she becomes a damsel in distress. Yeah. Later on, she's running around, you know, doing a much better job of staying away from the clown than he is and stuff. Say yeah. clown. It's not a clown, is it? But you know what yeah. I mean? It's a skex, yeah. let's be honest. Yeah, but then she just reverts back every time she's around him. So it's really fucking annoying. Yeah. Um so then we get the DJ bit. Right. Um, you've referred to him as a DJ. I, all the way throughout, have referred to him as Balthazar because that's who he is. And yeah. I've written, oh, look, it's Balthazar. It, like, it is. Like, the, at this point, you've mentioned the clown looks like a Skeksy. Yeah. <laughs> this just looks like Balthazar. Like, there's, mm. there's no originality in these creature designs. No. They've just looked at shit and gone, I know, we'll copy that. Nobody's going to recognize. Change it slightly. But yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah. it's fucking terrible. So we have that. The, the, what I, I'm struggling a little bit because I, I normally, 
I normally sort of try and watch stuff because I don't take a lot of notes. So I normally try and watch it as close as I can to us recording the show. But I, I don't know if I missed something or they started to allude to something that happened 500 years ago or there's some sort of... They, there's, they almost try and talk about some sort of history as to why they're there, but then they kind of shit out and go and just forget about it halfway through. Yeah, you didn't miss anything. There are loads of just dangling threads like that. It This feels sometimes if i really wanted to give the writer credit he's the director as well so we can't but this really feels sometimes like he wrote a much larger script and a much longer script mm. and then the practicality of production got in the way and it was like look i can't afford to do this historical stuff it's going to be too expensive mm. yeah i can't afford to shoot an extra couple of scenes with these guys when they were kids because that involves child actors and it's too expensive but then Instead of rewriting, he hmm. just chopped them out and just ah fuck it, it's fine. Well, it's fine. We'll we'll just allude to it. It'll be fine. The audience will keep up with me. No, we won't. No, because I, I was confused as all fuck. I thought I'd miss something. Yeah. Well, I kind of. It's there if you're an informed viewer. I think it's there. It's there for us because we're writers and producers and directors ourselves, and we understand this language. It's not going to be there for every viewer. They're not going to reach as far as we do, and they're not going to fill the blanks in. So it just doesn't work. Um, so yeah, we get we get this shit with with Baltar's terrible. They escape, and then again, I think we have another option. Let's get the fuck out of here. Yes. Uh. Why don't you? And then, why didn't they? Like, <laughs> what is stopping them? Why are they not going anywhere? Who is after them? What does anybody want? I don't understand. Yeah. Why are we just running around a theme park with random bad Muppets? Like yeah. what? And we're, we're half an hour in at this stage. I know, I know. Like, and it's only an hour and 20 minutes long. Yeah. Because I remember like doing a time check. I was just like, we're half an hour in and what the fuck has happened and what the yeah. fuck is happening because nothing is my answer. Yeah, because I, I think I texted you, I was 37 minutes in and I said, I'm so fucking bored because nothing's happening. Yeah. Yeah, I, I can't say I was as bored as I have been with some of the stuff we've watched when there's no story like this because i was interested in the puppets and, and it's, mm. uh, i quite like the vibe of it so it was it was holding my attention but most of the time i was looking at it and and liking the liking the vibe and liking the puppets but in the back of my mind just thinking what the fuck is going on and and just kind of I'm almost hate watching it at this point um I, I, and the big question which i've led on to here is, is yeah with with 30 minutes in nothing's happening but if, if nothing else if we don't understand the story and if there's no real impetus from being in the park then at the very least why aren't the creatures hunting them yeah yeah why are the creatures just randomly stood around waiting for them to go to to the creatures like because that doesn't make any move. sense well the creatures can't move no they can't but then use evil cam like there's yeah. ways around this yeah. i mean they do with the fucking clown in inverted yeah. commas so you know he's the only one that seems to shuffle around yeah. um yeah I, but i mean like he could be beaten by an oap and a romero zombie yeah in a race um and and for the record i've time checked here in my notes we are 35 minutes in almost halfway through the total runtime of the film and no one has been killed yet yeah i don't even yeah. know what the clown is or what he wants yeah. i don't even know that he's a clown at this point i don't know anything about him i don't know yeah. why these two specific kids are important to him um i, I just don't know uh, and it's not even that no one's died it's no one's even been in jeopardy there's not even yeah. been no, nothing a moment no peril. That they've escaped from there's been no. nothing no um, nothing but again just when i'm starting to 
kind of just when it's starting to lose me we get the sequence with biff on the funhouse stairs and the stairs collapse under yeah. him and i pissed myself laughing like it was very funny like that that was a perfectly executed gag that was straight out of albert abbott and costello or something like that that was like here's yeah. the stairs he's gonna go very carefully up them very very carefully and then as soon as he gets confident bang out they come from yeah. under him that was perfectly executed that gag yeah. see it coming a mile off but it's very very funny but then they fuck it up immediately by throwing in a fucking big reference mm. now yeah I like big i think most of us like big we all we yeah, all accept but it doesn't big, fit here film. no not at all at least goonies kind of fits sort yeah. of because you've got the amusement park thing and you've got the creatures and stuff and it's a bit of an adventure like i get that big a romantic comedy, really? But no. But again, if you if you're like, gonna do that, if 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 you're gonna use that device and you know have the you know the um the floor that makes noises when you stand on it, then a play with the noise so that it doesn't you no know, so it doesn't work, it doesn't end properly, and b have it that if he hits a wrong note, the fucking step falls away. Something just to give it some like, some meaning. And also, at the very least, sync the sound properly, please. Well, yeah, that's <laughs> yeah. Because his that movements do awful. not match the keys at all no, and again but it wasn't that is nothing subtle. but it was lack like, of direction like, yeah it, it wasn't even subtle because when they've when they've done it it's the you're talking a good second or so between him hitting the uh hitting the key and it making any noise totally and that and that again is nothing but lack of direction simple as that like you should have already pre- pre-planned out what that music was going to be you should have blocked it out with the guy on set yeah yeah got him to learn it you know it's only a very short sequence learn yeah. the timing you know the editor's going to do the rest but yeah. if you don't give the editor anything to work with, you get this, this yeah. just fucking hodgepodge of shit. Um, so we get a big reference. And then we're led to believe here that Biff gets snatched by the clown, right? I'm assuming he's yeah. dead at this point. I'm assuming he's our first kill. Yeah, because we get disappointing. The, so he goes through the door and then you get the big not. claw thing come yeah, through, don't you? Yeah, you get the big claw come through. Yeah. Now, again, I've written here that, okay, we don't need to see the clown yet i'm yeah. on board with that just seeing we've, his we've hand seen and the stuff core, like we that. saw that yeah. in the tunnel of love as well we snatches the body out of the boat yeah i'm on board with that like we and that was one of the things we criticized beast of bunny for like it's fine you can build your suspense you can build the big reveal we don't need to see the clown but we do need to see the deaths yes we absolutely yeah. must for this and that, type and of that film, was the flip side with beast of bunny where you saw the deaths and especially yeah. the, i mean i think it was the very first one wasn't it where you didn't see the you didn't see the actual death but you saw you heard it, you, 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 so you were death adjacent, and then you saw the blood splatter and stuff like that. So, again, it gives you something to build on. You know, for what this is, when we've got dodgy-looking puppets and sweary tea kettles and all of this stuff, and this kind of 80s video-nasty vibe, like, this needs to be gory, it needs to be nasty, we need yes. to see the deaths. The very minimum we need is blood spattering up a wall or something. We need yeah. to understand what's happened. But again... They don't really understand what they're doing because Biff isn't yeah. dead. He's inexplicably been snatched for no good reason. Well, I mean, I, I've got this as a note later on, so we can, we can kind of jump around it. There's a lot of snatching by this thing, but every time, seemingly, they get away. Yeah, yeah. And sometimes without any explanation. Now, yeah, I don't, I don't know if you realise this as well, but when we next cut back to Jenny, she is inexplicably completely covered in blood. Yeah. Now again, maybe I missed something. But I don't There's remember also a point having... where she, she stopped by the cellar and had a blow dry as well because her hair's all fucking puffed out. Yeah. So I, I don't understand where all of this blood has come from. Like, no. I, I, there's no good reason for it. So, again. Yeah, by this stage, I just wanted to be watching Carnival of Souls. I was like, yes. that's actually something that's A starts with the 50s cars, B's got a female, C 
see he's got like a creepy carnival haunted house thing, but it's actually really effective story. Yeah. Do you know what I wanted to watch? I wanted to watch Beauty and the Beast's Enchanted Christmas, <laughs> which is <laughs> <laughs> which is some of Tim Curry's best voiceover work, if you ask me. He's fantastic in that film. <laughs> and so every time I'm just hearing him do the voice, I'm like, I'd much rather be watching Beauty and the Beast's Enchanted Christmas, to be honest. He's scarier in that as well. He's actually yeah, quite scary in that film. He's not at all scary in this. No. Um, no. So, yeah, there's that. Um, so, okay. Sam then gets in, like, he gets into some sort of locker room. So, yeah. what, where, why? I thought we were in an amusement park. Well, like, the staff have to have somewhere to get changed. I know they do. I get that. And I get that that's but what it, this is. But again, they're but, all very modern lockers. No, it's all modern lockers. and no. But also, like, how did he get there? Like, we need to understand the geography of this park so we can understand yeah. why they can't get out. We can understand where the threat is. Like, th- this is important. And this is something, especially when you're talking about films that are set in confined spaces and, and things like that. Yeah. It is important that you block it properly. And it's important as a director. Like, for instance, I had overhead maps of all of our sets when we shot Double Top. So I always knew, even when people were off screen, I knew where they were at all times. Yeah. Because... As a viewer, we have to know that as well. Otherwise, we get confused. And yeah. I'm confused here because I'm like, how did he get to this locker room? Where are they in this theme park? Because they went through the Tunnel of Love and now they're in some kind of 80s industrial boiler house setting for a little bit with gantries yeah. and stuff. Just, I guess, could have been a fun house, but that's not explained. Yeah. And then he's in a locker room. Yeah. And I mean, it's it's quite strange, this one, because I there were some bits in this scene I really liked. That's where they started playing with movement behind him out of focus and stuff like that. I thought that was really good. This, the soundscape was pretty useful. But then it's like the actual environment changed. They went, oh, shit, we haven't got enough room. So now we need to turn it through 90 degrees. And so we, we, all of a sudden he can move in a different direction. But none of it matched. Nothing, no, nothing, nothing when he's moving through that space actually tells you where he is. So all of a sudden he's back at the door where, where he came in and barricaded it. But it's not barricaded anymore. So how the fuck did that happen? Again, we don't understand the geography of the place. We don't understand the geography of the room. We don't understand the geography of the park. So mm. none of this makes any sense. Like it doesn't feel like an inhabitable world, and, and yeah. that's important when you're asking for suspension of disbelief. We don't understand. I, mean, I was just glad that we had the soundtrack that we did because the music was doing all the heavy lifting yes. in telling me that there was something spooky about to happen. Yeah. Something had jump scare, but in the music only. Yeah where the actor would then suddenly look a little bit alarmed and then it would go back to the tension. I was just like, if you took the music off of this, you wouldn't even know it was a horror film. No, no. And, and that's the thing. I've, I've got that as a note as well. The, the whole, the jump scares are missing. You build up to them, but then they don't happen. Yeah. And again, I, yeah. I get that. No, that can, that's been used in, in horror as a device as well, where you build up to it and then, you know, you, 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 you break off to nothing and you have that sort of that, that momentary pause before then the thing d- does jump out at you. Mm-hmm. That's fine. I'm, I'm fine with that. But when you have a, a sequence that's about two and a half minutes, where they build and build and build and nothing happens and then they build and nothing happens and they build and nothing happens it's 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 to the point where they're not trying to tease you it's just they're thinking right actually we don't know we don't have anything to do here so we need something just to try and lift it a bit because yeah you're and right the building it, is coming from the music yeah like, it's not like there's there's shots and there's something that's being suggested and it's being edited in a way to build mm. tension like yeah it it's literally absolutely the music is doing all yes, of the work absolutely i mean I think you do get a couple of shots where you, so you get something in soft focus moving behind him, and then it, he, you know, as it's standard, he turns around, and as he turns his head to the left, the thing disappears to the right. That's that's they, they've done that like twice. I'm thinking, okay, this no, 
th this bit looks like it's at least going to be competent. At least there's going to be something in here that implies this is a horror. But then they piss it away. And all of a sudden, it's up in the ceiling. Well, how did it get to the ceiling? Because it was moving along the floor. And how tall is this fucking locker room? Is it all of a sudden 20 feet high? Yeah, and it, it's also just the sequence feels out of place as well. Like, mm. like you're right in what you're saying. It, there are, it feels like they're going for a kind of catch and release kind of vibe with it, and that's, that's fine. That's an established horror technique, and it's one that a lot of films use, and particularly if we're going to have this thing where we're not quite seeing the clown. But the problem is that we've already seen all of the puppets, and so it's already yeah. kind of informed us that this is going to be a gross-out, bad-taste yeah. splatterfest. That's what those puppets belong in, and that's what the tone of this film is. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So we don't want catch and release. We want the clown to storm in there, rip his fucking face off, shit down his neck, and kick yeah. him all around the locker room. Like, that's yeah. that's the film that they're setting up here. Yeah. And that's what we don't get. Instead, they're trying all of a sudden now to go for this kind of... This whole tense build-up thing, this is what we needed right at the start, and yes. we wouldn't see the clown, you know? But by the time we've started to see all of these creatures, show it all to us at that point. Like, yeah. Once, yeah. once you fucking open that door, like, it's a different type of film entirely. Yeah. So, I mean, can, can you imagine, for instance, you know, watching something like Child's Play then, for instance, you would get a sequence like this, yeah, where you might have Chucky running around and see a bit of shadow yeah. or anything, but then, yeah, he is absolutely going to pop out and start stabbing people's eyeballs out, and you're going to yeah. fully see it. Yes. Because that's the type of film that is, and that's what this wants to be as well, and they don't ever commit to that and give us the release because the clown looks fucking shit, and they know it. They yeah. absolutely yeah. know it. Um, you know, when you get the close-ups of his face as well, you'll notice it's just in on those eyes because the eyes are CG. Yeah. Yeah, and the rest of the puppet isn't, and it probably looks shit when they superimpose it. So we just get those close-ups that they can cut away. Yeah. It's very, very dark as well. Um, so they deliberately are masking it from us. Um, so yeah, so we get that bit in the locker room. Then we cut back to Jenny, um, who's also being stalked at this point. Yeah. And inexplicably, just stands there screaming. Instead of running away or trying to fight, she inexplicably yeah. just stands there and screams for no good reason whatsoever. I don't understand the logic behind this. This no. is not something a real person would do <laughs> at all. Like, you'd either, it's one of two things here. You're either going to run away or you're going to fight like hell. What you're yeah. not going to do is just stand there and scream and wait to be killed. Yeah. Like, ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. Um, and it's the sort of thing that's been lampooned as well in many sort of comedy horrors, or sort of the, the parody horrors, things like you know, scary movie. They do that to prove out. No, it's, it's just to show how fucking ridiculous it is. And again, if that's the movie you're making, then fine, you make that point. But if that's not what you, if that's not what you, you're, you're you're putting out there, then it just it just becomes farcical. Yeah, yeah. So at this point, I'm starting to get annoyed, and I've written maybe I'm just impatient, but I haven't seen an animatronic yet. I've seen plenty of puppets. <laughs> yeah. But no animatronics. So, yeah, maybe that's me being a bit of an arsehole as well. But it's true. It's factually correct. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then I think we get, if anything, what could pass for an animatronic. Certainly the closest they've got to an animatronic, but still isn't one. We get the spider thing. Yeah. And I've just written, what the fuck is this spider game bullshit? Well, because... there's, there's two <laughs> things that didn't make sense. The, the game itself didn't make any fucking sense, but... Also, no. right at the beginning, when when they first go into the park, he won't he won't go through a cobweb. He's afraid of spiders. He's terrified of spiders. She breaks it down for him. Why is he not the one f forced to confront the spider? Yeah. Why is Me? he not the one who has to play the game with the spider? Because again, it's adding to any sort of tension. It says, "Look, you're confronting your fear. We've already established you're terrified of normal spiders, and this thing is like eight foot fucking tall." Yeah. 
So that no, again, that's your tension. That's your that's that's part of your horror. But instead, they give it to her, and she just has to recite some fucking limericks with numbers. What a weird, weird scene this is. Yeah. I, do you think anybody actually knew what was going on in this scene? Fuck no. No. And, and I'm, when I say anybody, I don't mean us. I mean anybody. The cast, did the, the writers, any know? fucker. Did the cast, did anybody know? Because they don't explain the rules. The spider no. just kind of blurts out some random rhymes and, like, throw a dice. And then by winning, the spider gives her a shotgun so yeah. she can blow the spider's head off because the spider can't bear losing. Like, And then, <laughs> like, the most inexplicable thing is she's been given a shotgun yep. a working shotgun that she has been she can see destroys the monsters and she leaves it behind yep yeah yep because of course she fucking does I, I, I mean, and also as well like at this point she's made friends with a giant man-eating spider like they're friendly this spider yeah. i would say is friendly like yeah, yeah she says she's going to yeah. eat her if she loses but she doesn't lose and, you know the spider gives her a shotgun so she clearly trusts her and says like put me out of my misery like here's your chance in a haunted theme park full of scary shit to just say, tell you what, don't worry about it. I won't tell anyone ever that you lost to me. Just this favour. Watch my back. Yeah. yeah. Tell us how to got, get out. Yeah, you got the giant spider. Better still, I'm going to jump on your back, Miss Giant Spider. Can you please just climb over the wall for me, please? Thank you. Yeah. Like, wait, what the fuck? Yeah. What the actual fuck? The spider looks abysmal. It yes. looks it's fucking terrible. terrible. Like it, it's the most sophisticated of all the puppets, I would say, but it still looks absolutely fucking terrible, and I, I cannot for the life of me understand what they're trying to do here. No, because it's too dark at this point. To like, there were points at the start where I thought, are, are they maybe going for labyrinth here or that kind of Henson workshop vibe? Yeah, and th- there's clearly some allusions to that, as you've already said, and in the design of the clown, which yeah. is basically a giant fucking skexis. Um, but then. Like what is what is this shit with the spider? What is with the kids' games? This is supposed to be a horror film. Yeah. What? Yeah. What does this tell us about it? There's no character information from it. We don't. Nobody grows. Nobody learns anything. Like you said, like they don't confront their fears. Like, fuck's the point? Other than we've built this giant spider puppet and it looks kind of cool, so let's do something with it. Yeah. Yeah. I'm baffled. I'm 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 utterly lost at this point in the film. Like totally, completely lost. And the tonal dissonance between the scenes yes. that the puppets are in versus the scenes that they're not in. It's so completely different. Yeah. It's, like Yeah, but but even with this spider is even tonally dissonant to the other puppet scenes as well. Yeah. At least the other puppet scenes have got kind of like I said, that weird kind of bad taste feel to them. Yeah. Whereas this this genuinely feels like it's trying it's out of some sort of family adventure film where they run into a friendly yeah. giant spider monster who's yeah just scary enough to scare the little kids yeah but not but anybody not else too scary that they get nightmares yeah you know and, they're yeah. just threatening enough you know it's just fucking weird yeah. it's so weird and it has no place in this film at all no none whatsoever um, no. never mind the fucking rhymes i mean what the fuck you're bonkers absolutely fucking bonkers mental. yeah um so then Again, I can't unsee things like this. Like, I'll I, I give them a pass on most things, but occasionally there are just little attention to detail things that really fuck me off. And I know this is more of a you thing, Mark, mm. but they go into the plant room, and fuck me, that's some modern electrical switch gear in that plant room. That's yep. not from the 60s. That is brand fucking new. Absolutely. Like, year 2000s new. That is brand spanking new switch gear in that plant room. Yeah. Look, I'm sorry, cover it up at the yeah. very least. Like, just, oh, don't oh, fucking oh. shoot it. 
Yeah, why are they in the plant room in the first place? There's no need for them to be in a plant room. Put them anywhere else where there's no switch gear. Just don't shoot it. You're opening yourself up here. Yeah. Like, it's just attention to detail. It, it's these things, especially on a low budget, it's these things that matter. Yes, you yeah. have to work with your environment, but you've got to improvise. But you, you've, you've got uh, to make the best thing you can make. If because if you don't care, piece, I don't. Yeah. You if know? you're make, if you're making a period piece or a period segment of, of of something, you have to make sure it matches. And yes, okay, yeah. If they if they absolutely have to be in a plant room, then fine. Shoot it in such a way you're not seeing fucking Schneider Electrical all over stuff. You're not you're not you you're not seeing all the modern bits. You're not seeing all the modern signage because again, that's part of no, that's that's a huge part of it. It's very easy to cover these things up or just to shoot away, shoot in the mm-hmm. other direction. Because yep. it's it it really is jarring and I, I know I mean I didn't I didn't think by this point I could be taken out of this film any more than I already was, but then I started thinking oh why did they go there what else did they got in there because having spent most of the last six years in plant rooms yeah you know it's kind of interesting I'm thinking oh okay why is that there what are they doing with that I remember shooting a horror film and which had like no money. Um, and we were shooting on a location, and because it was a rental flat, not somewhere that they lived, there was a fixed, like, fire evacuation, like you'd get in the hotel, on the back of the door. And the thing is, is that's completely immersion-breaking because you're meant to believe that it's an actual house. All we did was we got a bit of notepaper, and we wrote the bitchy note from one, the organised flatmate, to the one that's a bit of a screw-up and a mess. Just like, just before you leave, make sure you've got your keys, that you've got your phone, and you've got your wallet, because I am not coming to pick you up from the pub again. Kiss, kiss, kiss. And just use that to cover it up. And it was like, yeah. And it's not easy. It's not difficult. It's really not. Yeah. No, and it's this kind of thing that, so there's a triple whammy here of immersion breaking for me. There's there's the weird scene with the spider. Yeah. Then we're into this plant room, which, like you, Mark, I'm afraid, you know, my, my professional career takes me into these environments for hours and hours on end every day. Yeah. I can't not see how modern this plant room is. And then they reunite outside amongst some of the, like, literally brand spanking new carnival rides. Yeah. Like, all lit yeah. up. Like, you know, again, we're talking within probably the last five or six years, some of this technology all lit up as well. Like, come on, guys, this is too modern. Like, and again, being the person I am, I can't unsee how modern these rides are because I know when that technology was floating around. Yeah. Like, it's not the 60s. Um, But then we cut back to the clown for a little bit. And for some inexplicable reason, the clown has stolen the backpack yeah, and he's picking through it as though it's important. Well, yeah, this is the thing because yeah. uh, again, we've had this this bit where they've been in the locker room and he's snatched him, but he's escaped. Mm-hmm. And it's how the, yeah. it's the easy. Yeah. You know, it, we do, I don't think we see it this time, but then spoilers for later on, he gets snatched again, and he escapes about as easily as I get out my fucking front door in the morning. Yeah, yeah, he just what well, he, he just walks away. out, and it's it's yeah. ridiculous. But yeah, you're right. He has the bag and he's going through it, and this is where we get the reveal of the drawings of um, Sam and Jenny and all the rest of it. Yeah, okay, that's fine. But what does it mean? Where's it come from? How? What? What does it? No, what does it matter? What's in there that's yeah. important? Apart right. from Grey Sports Almanac, which I fuck, I laughed my ass off at that. Yeah, very, very good. Um, to have that in there. Doesn't possibly mean it, at this point, yeah. Possibly at this point, I was starting to feel like th- these were getting a bit fucking hackneyed now. Like this was maybe a bridge too far. But yeah, again, that was that was I my favorite cannot, one. That was my I favorite cannot. one. 
I cannot pass comment on any of that stuff. <laughs> you know, I I let our cast get away with fucking murder with stuff like that. So I, I, I cannot pass comment on that. So I, I'll let that go. Um, but yeah, why are these drawings important? Again, yeah. we can we can build on that. Yeah, we can say, oh, right, he's, he's obviously been watching it for some time. But then out of context now, like, is he a creepy stalker? Yeah, or are, are is, they friends? Is this... Have they had a relationship right. and it's gone? It's gone awry. What, what does any of it because, mean? Because because at this point, you you know, there is a reading of this where you go, actually, Biff's right. This guy's kind of a sleaze bag. Like, you know, these these drawings are a little bit creepy and suggestive. So there's that reading, or they could be romantic, but we haven't got the framework to build it on. Um, there doesn't seem to be anything else of any import other than Gray Sports Almanac. But he really cares about these drawings, right? He's made that, and he doesn't want her to see them. He's made that quite clear. So if nothing else, if you're not going to use it to to build on their relationship and and to build on the central story, it at least gives him impetus to go back and fight the fucking clown, doesn't it? Well, yeah. I'm not leaving. I want my backpack. It gives the clown something to use against him as well. He can taunt him about these drawings. He he, he He can taunt him in front of Jenny about these drawings. Yep, absolutely. But, but they don't bother with any of no. that. <laughs> no. Um, they do, however, have a conversation in front of the very modern carnival rides where, for the third time of asking, they say out loud, we can just go out the way we came in. No shit. This is the third time you've said, <laughs> why don't we just leave? Yep. And now you're even acknowledging that you know where you came in. Yep. Why didn't you do that before the creepy fucking clown showed up? Before, I mean, let's be honest, as soon as you see the sweary tea kettle, you go Run. Right? You're like, fucking run. what the fuck is this shit? Tea kettles are talking to me. Like, I'm out. Sorry, bye. Or actually, what you do is you grab the sweary tea And take it out with you. Take it yeah. and give it, give the shouty sweary tea kettle to the shouty swear jock and be just like, it's a match made in yeah. heaven. Yeah, go for it. Yeah. Jobs are good. Ones. Yeah, you and Mrs. Potts have a very long sweary life together. Like, <laughs> yeah. have fun. Right? Um, so, okay, so there's that. And then we haven't talked about them yet, actually, despite me saying about Lance Henriksen being in this as mm. Brain Eater. We have met them twice already, Brain Eater and Worm Monster Man or whatever they call him. Hang on. It's uh, but, Worm Creature. Worm Creature. Really imaginative. Yeah. We're played by Brad Dourif, Brad Dourif right? And yeah. then so so we cut back to them for, I think, the final time here. And we get this argument between them, which is painfully, it's painfully a, yeah. unfunny. Yeah, the whole thing. I like the idea of them arguing over Biff's, bo- and Biff's body and who's going to get to eat him and all that. I, I like that, but it's handled so poorly because the dialogue is shit. Well, what the dialogue is, is improvised by the actors, and that is very, very clear. What's also very, very clear is they're not stood in the same room together. Yeah. And what's also very, very clear, as much as I love him, is that Lance Henderson should not be allowed to improv comedy. Mm. Like, that's not what he does. Yeah. Okay. And again, we're going to be going improv. As much as people like to think that improv is this really spontaneous thing, and to a certain oh, amount no. it is, certain amount it is, right? You need talented actors who are able to bounce off each other. But if you're going to do it on screen, what you also need is a director going, whoa, too far. Yeah. Like, back in, yeah. guys. Come on, we've got a story to tell. You know, you, you need that guiding hand. It's not just actors riffing off, off each other. Not unless you're doing a madcap zany comedy, in which case, fine. Yeah. Let your guys go. That's what people come to see. Yeah. Yeah. But this, no. At some point, the director needs to be going, whoa, guys, hold on, because the tone goes out the window here. This argument is it's painful. This yeah. is this is some of the worst. Like, this goes on for 
almost two minutes, I think. It goes yeah. on for quite a long time. It feels like longer. Yeah. And it's some of the most painful stuff I think we've watched in the history of this show. It's it's really that bad. Because yeah. let's be fair, you're looking at these puppets for an extended period of time now as well. Yeah. And you see how shit they are. Good. They aren't good. The performances yeah. aren't good either. The dialogue is terrible. Yeah. And it completely steps on it. What it does is make absolute mockeries of these two creatures and removes all sense of palpable threat from them yeah. whatsoever. Like, there's none. Because until this point, at least, with Lance Henriksen's one with the brain eater, like, he's been talking about bre- eating brains and he's been lurking in the shadows and he's been following them. And he's, he's the only one, to be fair, that's had any kind of element of threat. Yeah. And that goes completely out the window here because he's shown to be a fucking incompetent idiot who's just yeah. bickering with this other monster. Look, again. Yeah, I think this is the point where I've got my note of Bat Pussy has more plot. Um, yeah, Bat Pussy does have more plot. You're not wrong. Um, still rather watch this than Bat Pussy. Yeah, but true. Yeah, you're not wrong. It does have more. So we get that monster argument. It's fucking terrible. Um, Biff gets away, yeah. and then we get this scene where he ends up on the waltzers. So I have a problem before this. It- he he gets away, which again everybody gets away far too fucking easily. Go for the exit, but then you get the bit with the, the little girl who just rides up alongside him on a bike and bites his arm. Yeah, where the fuck did she come from? Yeah, What's that where about? did she come from? What was like? We again, we've had puppets at this point and monsters. So where is the little girl? Is the little girl some sort of ghost or zombie or what the fuck is she? I and mean, what, I assumed she was a ghost, but but if she's a ghost, how can she bite him? So you know, it's again. It's what is she? Where does she come from? How do, how well, does, how does it work? So it's, the whole mechanic I of mean, it doesn't really make sense in in context of what we've got. It's because they haven't explained it, isn't it? But yeah. I mean, I mean, you know, maybe she's been hanging out with fucking Patrick Swayze. And yeah, and, and that's fine. Shit. Like, and that's fine. But you know, know, if you're introducing ghosts, introduce ghosts. But you need to introduce them in a way that makes sense. So that yeah. kind of falls. Funny as fuck because the little girl goes. <laughs> she fucking, comes out of nowhere yeah. and bites him. It's like, it was. It was. <laughs> so, also, first, first real threat of the yeah. film all of a sudden i mean the second you see a rock up on that fucking bike thing you're like that's a bad bitch yeah. right there like you know straight away something's happening there yeah like because yeah and it, so so that no, that was funny and yeah first actual tangible threat because somebody actually gets injured so that was fine so then he's all shell-shocked and f- stumbles backwards onto the waltzers why are the waltzers cgi no idea i didn't realize they were if you if you watch them and, and you watch them going around it's literally they've they've got one and they've copied it because the movements are all identical to the point where one of them wobbles off the off the track. Oh, see now I clocked that, but I thought they were just repeating the frame. That's what it looked like to me and speeding it up. It looked to me like they just had a loop going on, and every time it looped around, they speeded the waltzer up. No, because the... that's why you get that repeated movement then, because it's going round and it's the, that's the start of the frame. So. It's, I don't know. It's to like to me. They just didn't. It didn't look like they moved right. It looked like they just plonked as um a, plonked an asset on the on in the editor and gone right move that. So it maybe was, it it didn't look right. Whichever way, it didn't look right. Yeah, to me, to me, it looked like just repeated footage. It looked like they just looped it in the edit suite, and every time they went back around, they were speeding it up. Um, but either way, I don't understand the implied death. I, well, sure, they must I, have got up to like Max Seven or something while his skin like peeled his off skin. his body. Okay, fine, but again, we need to see that. We need a close up of We're his skin s- starting away. to starting to crack or starting to you no know, to peel away. We need something. Come on, on again, it. the type of film this is and the practical effects they're using. Raiders of the Lost Ark, this shit. Like, yeah. we need a claymation head dissolving here. Like, yeah. we, we need this. This is what we need to see if you're going to do this. 
But again, they, they half-ass it. And if you're going to half-ass it, if you don't care, I don't care. Absolutely. Simple as that. If you don't care about your product, I certainly fucking don't. Yeah. And that, and that's the problem with it all the way through, I think. They just don't care. Um, yeah. we, we'll get onto that when I sum up at the end. Um, okay. So Biff dies on the waltzer inexplicably. Yeah. But more inexplicably, why is Jenny still stood at the fucking Ferris wheel? Well, they've yeah. just had a discussion that says, let's leave. let's leave the way we came in. So why is she still stood there? As we've I missed a bit understand. as well, where, where the three of them are reunited, haven't we? Where his instant response is, this is all your fault, I'm going to kick the shit out of you. Mm. Which, again, yeah. doesn't really mean anything. Comes out of nowhere and goes nowhere. Yeah, it's pointless. Well, yeah, that's when they're running away from Brain Eater, isn't it? They yeah. Kind of, yeah. But so she just stands there, essentially waiting for the clown to shuffle into yeah. view. And we get our first good look at the clown here. Which isn't and... a fucking clown. Or ginger yeah but it has orange eyes yeah. so that must be it but it, it doesn't even it doesn't even bear any resemblance to a clown it's not no. even like you could you could see how it's some sort of demonic twisted clown no it looks nothing like a fucking clown no it's it's just some sort yeah. of demon it's never called a clown either it's not uh, dressed like a clown it's, it's it's so sam calls it a clown when they first see like the, the floaty head bit um when they first you know find out something weird's going on he refers to it as a clown and that's kind of the only okay. time I missed that entirely. Um, but... Yeah, so it's, it's when you get sort of the, the, the translucent head where he's talking. No, it's basically talking them them in the first place when you get Tim Curry doing the voiceover. Uh, yeah. And he refers to it as a clown when they're running away. Okay. Why? So, but... it, I don't know how he got to the point that's a clown. What sort of fucking clowns have gone to his birthday party? Yeah, it doesn't look anything like a clown. But if it's not going to look like a clown, at the very least, dress it like a clown. Yes. Or, yeah. you know. Um, and actually, you, you just brought something up there, Mark. Other than me mentioning Beauty and the Beast. Enchanted Christmas. We, we haven't actually talked about Tim Curry at all, mm. um, and that's because he's barely in it, and he's only a voiceover. And I'm like, I we'd have to check the timestamp, but I believe this is post-stroke, so there's probably a reason. Yeah, so it definitely would be because. Can I say this? Yeah, I think I can say this. We were speaking to his agent at the time as well, yes. um, yeah. via via Alan. So, and and that's where that information came up. I think before it, before it was really properly public knowledge i don't know i gotta be careful about what i say there um anyway anyway um I th so I, I think it would have been so that's probably why it's just a voiceover yeah or it could be just because everyone else is a voiceover as well and it's cheaper to do that i don't know I, i'm not going to speculate but either way like yeah. look his performance is fine yeah like, but the script is so bad that not even tim curry hamming it up can fucking save it it's it's terrible mm. and and that is like your script's gotta be too truly fucking bad if tim curry can't just dig yeah. it out of the doldrums yeah he had a stroke in 2012 so that so would be the year before yeah before. yeah okay um so actually maybe he would have been recording this pre maybe maybe no i'm not saying that i'm not <laughs> i'm not i'm not going there yeah let's move away from that has crossed my mind as well no i'm not i'm not going there let's move away but but when even he can't save it, and I and I don't think he's doing bad work here. He's just not doing good work. Like yeah. he's, I mean, goddamn, if it was anyone else doing the voice of this clown, I think this film would be even worse. There's no doubt about that. But he certainly yeah. can't elevate it. Um, and part of that is just because his lines aren't funny. And that's not his well, fault. Well, that's this, just what's this written is it. for you, him. You either need him to be really menacing or really comically not menacing. Mm. Either way, you don't get that. You just get some random shit. I mean. He does it at the beginning when he's he's doing voiceover at the start before you see him, and he does it right at the end. 
he refers to himself as Dorothy. He so refers to f- he, there's a Dorothy reference twice. There's, there's yeah. I fucking hate Dorothy twice. And the, the, but um, the, the reference at the end is is you can't you can't do something to Dorothy. You can't you can't say something to Dorothy. I can't remember what the actual line is. Can't call me Dorothy. That's it. Don't call me Dorothy. That was it. Yeah. So what the fuck's that all about? Where's that come from? What the, again? It's no. There's no context to it. And I mean, if you there's, there's, if you're gonna do, if you're gonna do that, then it needs to be funny. If you're gonna pull out a line like that, it needs to be so fucking random. It needs to be don't want the tadpoles random. You know, it's yeah. not. It, you can't. A, you can't see it earlier on, which they did, and then B, it needs to be so fucking bizarre that everyone's going, "Oh, well, that's just because he's a fucking demon clown that's not a clown." But it obviously means something. There's obviously something behind it. We just again, we just yeah. don't get it because we're, yeah. we're not given anything to hang it on. It's it's almost like there's an in joke there that we're missing, mm. um, which you know would be fine if it was more throwaway. But as you say, it is very pointed. The, no, it, twice the, that I his last words. Don't, yeah, don't, so it doesn't mean anything. No, it really doesn't. Um, so yeah, the reason I haven't said much about him actually is because there's not much to say really. He's just kind of here, isn't he? Like he's doing a thing, you know, just like Lance Henriksen is as yeah. well. But at least we can say how bad his performance was. But in Tim Curry's case, he's just doing a thing, collecting a paycheck. Like that's about it. Don't get me wrong; he's done a lot of things where he collects paychecks. Like Jesus Christ, some of some of the stuff in his arsenal is is not all great. But as I said, he's usually very good in it. Here, can't say he's bad, but I certainly can't say he's good. No. You know, and and no. it's such a home run isn't it like when you if you if, if this genuinely was a clown a yeah. ginger clown and it's being voiced by tim curry it's a fucking home run it's an absolute home run just yeah. it could be shit but i'll just watch tim curry being a clown for 90 minutes yeah. absolutely fine i was expecting either pennywise or ronald mcdonald well i mean they, they even sell it as that don't they yes um yeah. they, they say he's reprising his most famous role and stuff like yeah. that and even which, to put which on I'd, the um on the, the poster or the artwork you get on amazon it it even has that when it's talk. There's something in the slogan about it. Yeah, it's got the it, it logo. Yeah, yeah, and it's 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 the it's the font. It's the shit. It's everything. And they've cl- again clearly not fucking licensed. And somebody somebody really should be thinking about talking to this guy. Yeah, I mean, let, let's take a quick detour there. Then I didn't know whether I'd save this till the wrap up at the end, but I think it's it's time to take this this detour now, and then we can whip back around to talk about the end of the, the script. Um, that's the key problem with this, isn't it? Is that it's a film that's been made by a marketing department. It's as simple as that. Yeah. Um. It, you know, he's this guy shat out an awful film. Yeah. Yeah. And then he's managed to sit in front of a low budget distributor who've gone, "Oh, you got Tim Curry. Okay. Well, what if it's about a clown then? But it's not about a clown. It's about these demons. Are you say no? But it's Tim Curry. So what if it's about a clown? Yeah. But, but we didn't make it. Just add some lines about a clown. But it's not. I'll give you lots of money if you add some lines about a clown and we can sell it. Okay. And that's how this film came into being. I guarantee you, um, this is a yeah. film by a marketing department. He was never supposed to be a clown, no. really. I, he, it doesn't look like a clown. There's no reference to him being a clown, apart no, in in the character design or anything about him, other than say no. Sam calls him a clown at some point. Mm-hmm. That's it. I so, mean, you know, and and I'm saying this a marketing department. It may even be earlier than that. It may have been when the production team suddenly discovered they had Tim Curry, and it's like, okay, well, let's make him a clown then, because yeah. why wouldn't we make him a clown then? And that's what they, that's what this is. You know, when you look at the cover art, as you say, Mark, on Amazon, it's got a ginger clown that looks not too dissimilar to Pennywise on it as well, despite that clown not appearing anywhere in the film. Like, yeah. this is, yeah, 
call me cynical, I know, but I also know how marketing works because yeah. we've been there. And also, um, let's not forget, it's Ginger Clown, which is still within the first few letters of the alphabet. Therefore, it's going to appear higher up your shelves yep. when it gets the DVDs, gets pumped out in the supermarkets. Yep. And we know that, you know, if we'd called it something like, I don't know. I mean, Brown Clown would be better, them. wouldn't it? Because then you go. Oh, yeah. Brown Clown. <laughs> yeah. Alpha Clown. Alpha Clown. There you go. There's, yeah. there's your alpha clown. Would have been even better. Yeah. I like brown clown. I like brown bit. clown more though. Brown, <laughs> it's fun to say brown clown. Um, <laughs> trouble is, possibly racist. Also, could possibly be confused for a porn film. All sorts of problems <laughs> with brown clown. So, you know, I could see why. Also, but more accurate because it is shit. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. There you go. Yeah. Um. And that, you know, I'll, I'll loop back around to this when we sum up, but that is my overriding feeling about this film. This is a cash grab for everyone involved. Oh, God, yeah. Nobody gives yeah. a shit about this film. Nobody cares about what they're making. Everybody's yeah. collecting a paycheck and they are laser targeting their audience. And look, we've all paid £2.50 for it. And you know, when it first came out and it was at the top of supermarket shelves, people were going out and dropping seven quid on this because that's what it would have been priced at. That's yeah. the price point for these kind of things in a supermarket. And it's going to be like number three or four on the Tesco fucking DVD chart for 20 odd weeks. Yeah. Because, you know, when when it's Friday night and Bob's pushing his trolley around Tesco's with a six pack of Stella and a pizza and he sees Ginger Clown on the shelves for seven quid. Yeah. He's going to pick it up because it's cheaper than going to the cinema. Yeah. So he's going to do it. And that's that's the market for this film. And look. There are some films like that that I've bought myself yeah. and watched and are actually quite good. Right? I, I was not, say, not slagging them off as a as a genre. As I say, we've done it. There's, there's plenty in, on, on my shelf over there, like fucking Sharktopus and stuff like that. Yeah. You, you, yeah. Know, you know exactly what you're getting when you pick it up. Yeah, but that's what this is. It has been laser-targeted for that. Um, and that's the sad truth of it. That's why it's not about anything. That's why it's shit. That's why it doesn't make any sense. Yes, it doesn't need nobody, to be. nobody gives a fuck. They're just in it to make money. Hmm. It's, it's just horrible commercial tat in the worst possible sense yeah with no fucking yeah. soul um and i hate it for that um but anyway getting back to this <coughs> then um so she's inexplicably stood around at the ferris wheel the clown yep. fucking shows up yep then sam shows up again yep because he just escaped, escaped but this time again. he was tied up so how did he get out I've lost it with Sam at this point. He's like Houdini. Yeah. He's just, honestly, he's ridiculous. Yeah. Um, but, like, even that, right, I can't see him escape, but I'm still going with him. Like, yeah. Right, he has to escape to get back here. What I cannot get on board with here at all in terms of leaps of faith is how the fuck they kill the clown. Yes. By tying it to some railings. Well, this is the thing, because I first thought, when he gets that chain, I thought, right, He's going to string him up to the Ferris he's wheel, pop his head off, and, and yeah, he's going to hang yeah. him from the yeah. Ferris wheel. Yep. Fine, I'm, I can live with that. But then all of a sudden, they just walk away, and he's tied to the fucking railings at the front by the steps. I was like, hang on, how how was that supposed to kill him? What what have they done to make him explode? Yep, it makes no sense. This needed setting up way earlier in yeah. the film. Is like, he is he allergic to chains? You know, well, is that is, is it there, like so, a is there something in steel chain? that you know? Is it yeah? Is it is it sacred ground? Is this maybe he got murdered in this theme park that you know, clown now back in the twenties and this was the spot and now they've brought him back to the spot and tied him there and yeah. he can't. Like, it, there's all sorts of things. 
but we don't write it in because we don't fucking care. No, we're because, just going to tie him on and he'll start, he'll start burning up. At this point, everybody just wants to go to the catering truck because it's night shoot, it's cold, nobody gives it. They're yeah. just like, oh, whatever, just fucking tie him up. I don't yeah. care, just leave him there. The, the chain's meant to be attached to the Ferris wheel because that's the whole point. You see it dragging on it. So it's got to be, once you loop the chain around him, it's going to lynch hmm. him. Like, that's that's exactly how it's set up. And then all of a sudden, the chain is magically not attached to the Ferris hmm. wheel. And a second one appears from nowhere. And there's nothing to secure the chain as well. Because, like, y- you can't really knot a chain. No. Is the thing as well. So... He'd just be stood there with, like, chain looped around him, and then he could just go, whoa. Yeah. Whereas at least if it's attached to the Ferris wheel, you just get the loop over him, and off he yeah. goes. Yeah, it makes no sense. I, I Yeah. baffles me. So that that's confusing. But then what's even more confusing is why, upon killing the clown, they now decide that everything is fine and go for a nice romantic sunlit walk up to the up the lift hill yeah of a wooden fucking roller coaster which you would not get in a little local carnival because that's a permanent fucking structure okay uh without any other monsters following them whatsoever despite the fact that brain eater and worm face or whatever his name was were chasing them earlier yeah but also all of a sudden as soon as he dies it becomes like six o'clock in the morning and it's broad daylight again yeah none of this is explained no and then Jenny inexplicably knows about the drawings in the backpack because she yeah. starts ribbing him for it. Yeah. Even though she's never seen them and has no idea they're in there. Mm-hmm. No sense whatsoever. What is really annoying is as they're walking up the lift hill at the end, the two of them actually got a fair whack of chemistry. Yeah. I'm, I'm kind of buying them as a couple at the end there, yeah. but I've not been on enough of a journey with them. Yeah. To feel like this is any kind of reward, and, and this is the thing that like we've we've had these two very brief scenes or two brief exchanges between them earlier on. One about the backpack and the fact he's always carrying it; he never lets it go. You know, his whole life is in the bag, all this sort of stuff. And then we had the bit about, excuse me, about her father and the fact that he, he it's not that he can't get a job; it's just the fact that he drinks and he doesn't want one. So we've had this stuff where they've tried to build a bit of character, they tried to bond them, but at no point have they done anything to suggest is that there's anything between them. So this oh. this scene again, we've 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 seen the drawings, but she hasn't. But this scene comes out of nowhere. It's, yeah, it, it's it not earned no at sense. all. Because the two actors were basically told to improvise their dialogue as they walk off into the sunlight, and by then they've had gone through the trauma of shooting this fucking piece of shit together. Mm. So they have actually bonded as yeah. actors. Like those two actors are probably actually just like at least you're in this with me and we can turn around to each other at the end of filming and be just like this is a fucking piece of shit um and that's what that is do you know, do you know what it felt like to me actually on, on a similar line helen but maybe slightly more removed than that it, it's clearly adr'd mm. and what it feels like to me is they've actually called them back in a couple of months later and these two are friends by this point like yeah. you're right yeah. they've been through this horrific bonding experience they're friends if not potentially shagging by this point who knows but but they feel like they've got genuine chemistry. Like it feels more like maybe they haven't seen each other for a month, something yeah. like that, however long it's been since they wrapped and they realised they needed ADR. Yeah. And then they've brought them back together in a room for an afternoon, and they're having a great time. They're having a great time with each other, yeah. just riffing off each other. And there's there's something nice about that, yeah. you know that that feels like performance. Um. And that yeah, then they just walk off into the sunset. It fades, or sunrise rather. It fades, and then we get that mental post-credits blooper where they're screaming about velociraptors and yeah. it shows the entire film up for exactly what it is a fucking car crash um fuck this film <laughs> it's it's not 
without charm, as I say. Those puppets, as shit as they are, I kind of love them for being so shit. Some of them. And I love the vibe. Like, they've, they've, at points, you know, everything with a clown is fucking terrible. But everything with the puppets, you know, and, and some, definitely the score and some of the lighting and that as well. Like, at, at times, they get the vibe right. It hmm. feels like a low-budget, shitty 80s horror knockoff. But then at times, it just feels like garbage. And it, it's, it's just soulless. And I truly believe the reason is what we've just talked about. I, I believe hmm. that they honestly just went, oh, we've got Tim Curry now, so let's Make him a clown. throw a bunch of shit in there about a clown. And we'll rewrite the story, but it doesn't matter if it doesn't make sense because we've got Tim Curry now, so it'll sell. Yeah. So I don't care if we make a good product because there's a star in it. And that's what it feels like. Yeah, yeah, you're right. And I mean, I think for me, there were some nice touches. Like I said, no, I, I, there, there was that one, that one shot I'd mentioned earlier on about you know, the, um, with, with the, the moon over, the, over the, the park and so the swirling cloud stuff. That was really nice. Some, some of the Easter eggs I thought were really good. Some didn't really care for, wasn't that bothered. But yeah, by and large, this is just this was an hour and 20 minutes of nothing yeah it, it really is a nothing film isn't it mm-hmm. there is nothing to recommend to people either it, it's just mm. yeah you can't say watch it because of this no it is boring yeah and the saving grace for me is that i will never have to watch it again do you know oddly it wouldn't surprise me if i did watch it again <laughs> Yeah, I, I ain't paying another two fifty for this shit. Oh, I'm not paying for it, no. but I don't think I don't think I'd turn it off if it was on TV. <laughs> I think I'd forward to the to the puppet bits. And, if yeah. I was drunk, I'd leave it on. See, that's it, isn't it? That's what I'm saying with Bob and his pizza. Like it is that it's half past one in the morning. I've just got back in from the pub. This is on TV, and it's got cool puppets that look really bad. So. Mm. I'll fucking watch it and I'll hate myself for doing it and I'll be knackered the next morning and even more hungover because I've stayed up to watch this shit. I will absolutely sit there and watch it and I'll hate myself for it, but I will. That's assuming it ever gets on network TV, of course. I I can't see it. I could be an honorary guest judge at the Cannabis Cup in Amsterdam and I'm coming to the end of day three of testing and judging and I still would switch this off. (laughs) Yeah, I, I, I will never intentionally watch this again no i will (laughs) (laughs) yeah um yeah i don't i don't really think there's much more to say about it i mean i think we're fairly agreed on it but is it better than mario chris no (laughs) absolutely fucking not (laughs) absolutely not in any way shape or form um it's down there in the doldrums of stuff we've watched on this show i think so like I said back at the start, and like I've said to both of you off here as well, it's not without its charm for me. There is, but in an odd way, I think that makes it worse because I can see the potential that could be there. Um, I will probably watch it again. Not out of choice, but I, I'm pretty confident that just because of my viewing habits, the type of shit I watch, I'm pretty confident I will stumble across this again at some point <laughs> in my life. And I don't think I'll ever forget how bad it is, so I'll, I'll be going in knowingly. Um, but, you know, Mario, and this is what it always comes down to, in fact, besides the fact this is a worse film, it's always if you put the two of them in front of me, which one do I pick? And Mario will happily watch over most things, and certainly over Ginger fucking Clown. So, yeah, it's worse than Mario. Helen? Um, do I have... Do I watch Mario or 80 Minutes of the World's Worst First Date? I think I would go for Mario. Well, if we saw more of the date, it could be quite entertaining, actually. 
Yeah. They, that, well, that's no, the thing. There's something here. There's something here. And this, this, is, this is the problem. And I think I, I'd, I'd say the same. No, I, I would watch Mario every time. But I think the the problem is that there was a there there are nuggets of a story, and they've gone right. We want to tell this, but we're just not going to do it. And we want to do that, but we're just not going to bother. And it, had they had yeah. they said right, okay, we you know we want to put this. No, we want to make this thing that actually we've got this. You no, know, the, these you no know, this 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 guy and this girl who they're not together, but they they you know, they're kind of on the verge of it, and they find you no know, for whatever reason they find themselves in this place. And they have to survive together. I and mean, you, 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 you spend eighty minutes showing their relationship developing or some sort of chemistry developing. That's fine. I can get on board with that. Or you say, right, we want to make a monster film where these really shitty puppets are going to kill things for eighty minutes. I, I'm on board with that. I can do that. Instead, you get a hodgepodge of stuff which doesn't do either. It just alludes to the fact that it might be happening off screen. And that's the frustrating part. So yeah, I mean, I, I, I will take Mario every time. But I think you're right. There is some sort, there is some sort of charm and some sort of potential here that just wasn't really explored, and I think that's probably the best thing I can say about it. I mean, the best thing I can say about it is that it finished. Yeah. Um. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah. No. Um. I'll give it points for the soundtrack. Like, if you knew nothing about the film, you didn't watch the film, and you just listened to the soundtrack. And you were kind of maybe looking for a horror score to play at your spooky Halloween mm. like party that maybe had a bit of a carnival feel because you're doing all the classic apple bobbings and stuff. You you'd probably go for this because the music is actually really good in yeah. places. Like I genuinely think that the soundtrack does pretty much ninety percent of the heavy lifting in this. Yeah, yeah, I'd agree with that. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. Um, yeah, as always, if you're playing along at home, I would love to know what you think, um, especially if you resent paying the £2.50 that we resent paying. Um, <laughs> but yeah, um, let us know. As always, get in touch on Twitter at ddpodcastnet. You can go to our website, ddpodcast.net, where you can also get our previous episodes and other shows as well. Wherever you get your podcasts from, uh, subscribe, leave us a message, we get back to you as best we can. Until next time. See you later. Ta-ra! <laughs>